0: all right well good good morning once again uh my wife and oldest daughter, Maris and Michelle have joined me uh they make the trek, so they wake up early to come, so what a sacrifice for them. Just kidding uh they love being here it's uh you know at daybreak if you're if you're new or even if you've been here for a while. We just do things a little bit different, not because we want to be different, but just it's the way that God's kind of orchestrating our journey. Uh, I am going to leave right after I speak, not because I want to offend you or I don't want to see you at the end. It's I am going to our networked church in Calgary, Renfrew Baptist Church. So Renfrew and Daybreak work together. We share staff. What that means is when we share staff, we can have a more robust staff and we don't have the expenses that that are attached to that. And it also means we can do more with the ministry dollars here to impact Airdrie and in Renfrew in Calgary to impact the community of of Renfrew. We love that God's kingdom really promotes that. It's, It's not just build our own little kingdoms in our own places. It's expanding God's kingdom, whether we're here in Airdrie or we're at Renfrew. Uh, you need to be proud of yourself. Uh, at the start of this year, we started our, our land loan somewhere in the $50,000 range. Uh, I, we were just in a council meeting this week, and our land loan now is at 12,500. So now here's the challenge. And I said, I would, I, at the council meeting, I said, I'm going to challenge our church. By the end of the year, let's get that paid off. Um, and that might seem impossible. We're going to pray that, that God works it in such a way. Because what that's going to mean for us, remember what we've said, that when we pay off the land loan, then we're going to start to go, okay, what's God calling us with this building to? And we know that this building has served us well for 30-some years. We don't want to have outstanding debts all over the place and try to build something. We believe that once that land loan's done, then God's going to give us a vision for, for what this building needs to be. I will say this. This building needs to serve this community. For so long, Faith Community Church Daybreak, we're kind of, we're out in the, we're way out in the farmlands And now God has brought homes around, and we need to take care of the homes around. So our building will serve that for for a purpose. You know Denise and Lynn, who are on staff here with the food insecurities in Airdrie, do a great job. There's always great stories. You know our search committee has been meeting to to look for a site pastor, somebody who's going to be stationed right here in Airdrie, They're not shared in the network. They're a part of the network, but they're not shared in the network. I do want to say this, that Katie, who is leading us in worship, uh, talked to me a few months ago just about, Matt, what would it look like for me to serve at daybreak? And I went, Katie, that is a great answer to prayer. And so Katie is going to be hired by my company. Now, that could get confusing, but Katie is going to be hired by my company to be right here at daybreak. She's going to work about seven hours a week. She's going to be called a ministry associate. That's a fancy title. She's going to kickstart things for us. Uh, And so here's the, I'm a sucker for a great story. And many of you, if you have a history here at Daybreak, remember Lyle, her dad, and Jeannie. How cool that God has kind of brought that full circle. Uh, we have no clue what god's going to do with with Katie as she kind of wrestles through what what does that call look like? She has talents in many different areas for some of you, you might have been at Rosebud and seen her uh ability just with set design and costume design um, and god 's just moving in her heart and we 're really excited to kind of steward that here at 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 daybreak so pray for her uh because she has to work with me, um, but, but we're, we're, yeah, wow, okay, this wasn't, this wasn't comments from the crowd, okay, wow, okay, I'm really excited to finish up this series, so a couple weeks ago, we talked about calling, we're going to finish calling today, and then next week for Thanksgiving, I'm going to start a five-week series just on Ruth. And, and Ruth is kind of that person who looks a lot like us, but did extraordinary things in the ordinary kind of facets of life. Uh, this isn't a pastor to a, a church member or a congregational member. This is someone who's been called by God to people who are called by God also. Truthfully, I want you to feel the weight of this message this morning. A- as followers of Christ, you have been chosen by God, set apart, you've been gifted, you've been enabled, you've been empowered to fulfill a very unique calling. You are called by God. A a couple weeks ago, we built that foundation on what it means to be called. We looked at a very powerful verse. This verse was very personal. It was the Apostle Paul writing from a Roman prison in 61 A.D., he said this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, as a prisoner. So just use your imagination, view Paul in, the, in a prison, writing these words, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you, I call you to live a life worthy of your calling that you have received. I I want that verse just to kind of sit with you for a minute. Let that create a moment in your heart, a holy pause, that God wants you to live a life worthy of his calling. You're set apart. You're chosen. Church isn't just some place that we go. It's not an add-on to our life that if we feel like it on a Sunday morning, we'll show up. You, friends, are the church. Daybreak. You are the church to a world that needs hope. The called ones who go out into the world and share the goodness and the grace and the love of Jesus. You're called by God to do that. Friends, you are the church. What I want you to know, and and I want to know about it right now is in this incredibly complicated in this incredibly painful current cultural environment that we live in some of us are just worn down we're physically drained we're emotionally depleted maybe we're even spiritually exhausted we're discouraged because I know if Satan can destroy you he'll just try to discourage you if we're really honest, that's where some of us are, are where, this is where we are right now. I had, had someone this last week ask me, Matt, how do you overcome the discouragement? How do you stay above everything that's happening around the world? How do you find yourself not exhausted, battling with self-doubts and spiritual opposition? It's not easy, my friends. Matt, how do you keep your passion month over month and year after year? The only answer that I can give you is that I'm called to this. I'm called to it. This is my calling. Friends, this is your calling. Here's what I want you to do just so that you're awake this morning. I want you to look at the person next to you and say you're called. Okay? So look at somebody and say you're called. All right. Now I want you to look at the person that was your second choice. And tell them they're called to, okay? All right, well, what are you called to? If God has called you, what are you called to? A lot of people want to be called, like, to a job or to a task or maybe something significant. And friends, you might be called to a job or a task or to something significant. But I want to show you three things this morning that scripture specifically tells you that you are called to. What are you called to? Here's the very first one. God calls you to salvation. God calls you to salvation. This is great news. Before God ever called you to a job, before he ever calls you into ministry, before he calls you into anything, he always calls you to himself. Jesus, when he came, He did not come to to call the righteous, Scripture says. He came to call sinners like you and me. He didn't come for those who are healthy. He came for the sick to call them into a relationship with Him. Friends, it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter how dark your life feels. You are called to Jesus. Come to Him as you are, where you are. He calls you to salvation, to be transformed. By the grace of Jesus. Now, for some of us, we've heard that for years and years. Don't ever let that become old news. You are called by God to salvation. The the second thing that God calls you to is he calls you to sanctification. Now, don't worry, we're not going into seminary. Here's what sanctification means in a real simple way it means to be set apart. It means to be different. We read that God called you to a holy life. He calls you to himself. He calls you to be separate. He calls you to salvation. He calls you to sanctification. And he calls every single one of you into service. He calls you to use the various unique gifts that he's given to you, that he's placed inside of you. The gifts, the talents in this church and in his church into the world. He calls you into service first calls you to himself, He calls you to be transformed, and then he he calls you to engage, to use what is inside of you to make a difference in this world. Then that third thing he calls you to service. It may be very specific, but it's probably going to be very broad. A couple weeks ago we looked at this from Paul's writing in Colossians 3 verse 17. Whatever you do, Whether it's words or deeds, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, however you serve, whether it's in your home, whether it's at your work, whether it's at school, do it all for Jesus. Now the the question might be this. If I'm called, am I ready? Do I, do I know enough? Am I good enough? A lot of you, you might not even really believe that you're called. You might believe that you're called to salvation, that your sins have been forgiven, but you still can't really embrace the fact that you're called to service. That you're called every day of your life to make a difference. The voices might tell you, you're not ready. You don't know enough about the Bible. What if they ask you some kind of question? You know, what about keeping your salvation? Are we living in end times? You feel like I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. Jeepers, I lost my cool driving on Yankee Valley Boulevard because somebody cut me off. Am I good enough? Am I worthy? Am I ready? I love what the Apostle Paul said in First Corinthians one twenty six. Brothers and sisters, friends, think of, a, think of what you were when you were called. Think back when you were called. Not many of you, when you were called, were not wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were born in the right family of noble birth. Some of you, This morning, you need to remember where you were when you were first called to salvation. This is encouraging, because when you look at who God calls to salvation, to sanctification, to service, he calls those who are untrained, those who are underqualified, those who are unprepared, he calls those that would call spiritual nobodies to make a difference in this world. You've all heard the old saying that God doesn't call the prepared. God prepares the called. You don't have to have it all together. God doesn't call you when you're perfect and when you know it all. He prepares you along the way because you're called to make a difference in this world. Friends, when we accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior... And I'm in this whole new process of slowly being changed by Jesus, even though I've been a part of this for a long time. Let's be honest. We take a few steps forward and then a couple steps back, then three forward and then 20 backwards. It's this slow process of letting God's Word, letting His Holy Spirit conform me into the image of Jesus. See, I was called to salvation, I was called to sanctification, and I was called to service. There was something when I was transformed by Jesus that service wasn't an option. It was a calling. It was unstoppable. Now that's the good news for you. When you truly recognize that you've been called to salvation at the foot of the cross— That you're forgiven by the God of the universe, not by anything that gives you credit, but all by the grace of Jesus, then you start the process of transformation. You're not like you were, you're becoming more like Jesus. And serving's not an option, you're compelled to do it, you're called to do it. Let's be honest here. I never chose to be a pastor. The only way I could describe it is undeniably, I was called to it because it makes no sense whatsoever. Part of what I want to do, part of my calling, is to help hurting churches find their way. I don't want to start a new church, but I want to revive old churches that maybe have lost their way. Here's what I want you to understand. I don't know how to put this into words, but back when I was in college, there wasn't a pastor that you looked up to. I know, there barely was TV back then. Uh, There there wasn't these cool pastors on social media where people go, oh, that's cool, look at his nice Instagram quote. But I can remember in grade 10 in Regina... Saskatchewan at a youth conference feeling like I was called. And there was this compelling to do something in me to take what the Bible says to the church and to the world. It was unmistakable. It was a calling. What I hope you recognize in your own life is that you have the same version of that story yourself. You were called to salvation. You're drawn to the goodness and the grace of Jesus. He starts to change you, sanctification. And as he changes you, you're called to serve. It doesn't mean you have to lead a church. You're called to serve wherever you are. Whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God. It's not always easy. What I felt called to do with what I do now, there's a whole bunch of people that laughed laughed. There's even people that said that was the dumbest thing ever. Listen, whenever you start to get close to your calling, you're going to start to find that people start to criticize. And what I found is that sometimes that criticism from people confirms the calling that God's placed on your life. Whenever people around you don't really understand, that's often when you're getting out of what makes the most sense into this realm of faith. To truly please God, you've got to sometimes get out of logic and get into a place where you're trusting God. This doesn't make sense. I can't fully explain it. Your criticism might actually be confirming that God is calling you. Or it could mean you're crazy. Let's hope for the first. I want to follow the voice of God. Think of what you were when you were called. We were all a mess. We were all lost. We were broken. I am still not there, but I'm very different today. Let me give you two qualities of calling, and this is how we'll end. Two qualities of calling. Here's the very first one. It's the non-glamorous one. Calling always costs. Whenever God called Saul in the Bible, if you don't know the story, Saul was the guy that hated Christians. He turned into Paul. Whenever he had an encounter with God, something happened. His very first encounter with God, he was blinded. God sent this messenger named Ananias to tell Saul something. Let me tell you what the message was not. What Ananias didn't say was, Saul, Saul, your eyes are going to be healed. After your eyes are healed, Saul, you're going to have this crazy testimony. People are going to want you on their podcast. Your YouTube following is going to blow up. You're going to be this massive influencer. You're going to have all these people want to hear from you, and you're going to get a book deal. You're going to be a really big thing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a breakthrough. Here's what God said to Ananias. Look at, it's going to be on the screen, Acts chapter 9. The Lord said to Ananias, go, go, This man, Saul, is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. Now, look what God says in verse 16. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Well, this is a great message, Matt. The very first thing, that Saul had to understand, was he was called to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the people that he was killing. He was going to make a difference in the world. He was going to serve. And then God went, and I'm going to show him how much it's going to cost him. See, friends, calling actually costs. Saul, you're my chosen instrument some of you, you're going to recognize you are God's chosen instrument into a certain environment. You might be God's chosen instrument in your Mother's Day Out program. You might be God's chosen instrument to your crazy neighborhood. You might be God's chosen instrument in the place that you work. You might be God's chosen instrument in your school. You might be God's chosen instrument at that nine o'clock hour in your gym because you're the light that the gym needs at that time. Friends, the moment you step into your calling, you have to step out of your comfort. It's going to cost you. Some of you, you're going to come across a place like this in your life and God will often use our deepest pain to launch you into your greatest calling. You're not going to understand. You're going to be falsely... Criticized, you're going to be misunderstood, you're going to be laughed at, you're going to face all kinds of spiritual attacks. Let me say this very carefully. I've discovered that private pain is often a big part of public calling. Uh, You're just going to hurt in ways that you never have the ability to explain, it's going to cost. Living your, ca- your calling is, at both times, a thrill and a burden. Ministry is exhilarating and it's exhausting. If following Jesus isn't both your greatest gift and your greatest burden, then you're probably not doing it right. Calling always costs. It's not going to be easy. Friends, we have to reclaim the fact that God never, ever promised it would be easy. In fact, I've often believed that the biggest enemy of calling is comfort. Never sacrifice your calling on the altar of comfort. If God calls you, it's going to take faith. Calling always costs. All right, that was the negative. Here's the real positive. Calling sustains. It carries you. It keeps you going. Whenever I look at the Apostle Paul, who he talked about, how did he endure everything he endured? How did he remain faithful and not grow discouraged? When you think about it, he was beaten over and over and over again. He was left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He was snake-bitten. If I get bit by a snake, I'm out. I mean, he was wrongly imprisoned. How did he remain faithful when his friends abandoned him? How did he stay true to Jesus when he was falsely accused and wrongly imprisoned? How did he persevere when so many people walked away? The answer is this. Paul didn't finish the race because he was competent. Paul finished because he was called. It was his calling. In Philippians 3, we read this. Forget what is behind. I strain toward what is ahead. I press on to to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let's get really personal this morning. Someone here this morning, you need to reclaim your calling. What are you called to? You're called to salvation, the greatest gift in the world, something that you can't earn, something that you never deserve, the forgiveness of sins from Jesus Christ. You're called to be set apart, to be sanctified. It's more about the who than it is about the do. You're called to service, to ministry, to make a difference in this world. If we we're really honest, some of us would say this has been the toughest few years of our life. How do we keep going and keep showing up? I'll be honest, there's times I look and go, man, it'd be way easier to work at Home Depot it would be way easier just to teach leadership. It'd be much easier to do something else. But God's calling is never easy, but he's faithful. How come I don't give up and walk away? It's because I'm called to it. Someone here needs to reclaim your calling. You're called. You're a light. You're ambassador. You offer hope to a world of darkness you shine into it when someone's hurting you have the answer when someone's far from God you help connect them to God when there's a need you have access to the very heart of God and you go boldly before his throne of grace and ask him for help in a time of need for some of you you have the ministry of reconciliation you help broken people find their way back to the grace of God and to find healing with each other. Don't let what you see around you take you away from what you're called to. Don't let the discouraging voices talk you out of what you've been uniquely created by God to accomplish. We're called to salvation. We're saved by grace. We're called to sanctification, to live a life worthy of our calling. You're created by God, uniquely equipped with the gifts that he gives you, passions that no one else has, to serve them in a way that only you can do. Will it be difficult? Well, Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm hard-pressed on every side. But I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed. I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted. I'm not abandoned, I'm struck down, I'm not destroyed. I've been called by God. I want to speak directly to someone who's been away from God right now. Maybe you've been distant. Maybe you feel like you've been neglected by God. Maybe the last year, few years took you off your rhythms. Maybe you've been into something that you shouldn't be into. I want you to hear from Romans chapter 11, verse 29, where it says, For God's gifts and God's call are irrevocable. What you're doing or where you've been, it does not take you away from God's calling in your life. God's call on your life is irrevocable can't be revoked, it can't be recalled, it can't be repealed, it can't be annulled, it can't be withheld, it can't be withdrawn. You are called. You are called to salvation, you're called to sa- sanctification, and listen, church, you're called to serve. Don't let the world talk you out of your calling. Friends, here at Daybreak, we are the church of Jesus Christ and we're called to shine bright into this world. I'd love for you to stand for a minute here. I just want to read God's words over you. I want you to feel the power. I want you to internalize in your soul and stir you with these words. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11 and 12. We constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition for your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. Friends, you have been chosen You've been called to salvation, to sanctification, to service. Let me read that verse once again. We constantly pray that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by God's power he may bring to fruition for you every desire of goodness and every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified you. Friends at Daybreak, may our God make you worthy of his calling by his power. That every godly desire that he has put in your heart would come to fruition for the glory and the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me pray. God, thank you for calling us. Thank you for my friends who model calling here at Daybreak. God, may you give us vision and dreams for the future. May we not look around and see what we lack or see a history that we're not proud of, but may we look to the future knowing that you've called us and that this group in front of me is the church that the world desperately needs. We love and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.